Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to today's property news. It is Wednesday, the 8th of September. Cities are back. Apparently, rental growth is best now that it's been for years, thanks to the city renaissance. Now, the UK rental market has revved up amidst a sharp rise in demand for city living, and that's driving the highest rate of growth outside London for over a decade. Now, that's been spurred by an ongoing soaring demand in the major cities amidst limited supply. Rents are tracking at now 5% higher year on year across the country, excluding London. Now that's according to a latest report from Zoopla. Monthly rents are now averaging at £790, and that's up from £752 a year ago. Now this equates to renters paying an average increase of £456 per year. However, the portal insists this is not a story of rapidly declining affordability. The government's Office for National Statistics recently reported that average earnings for those in employment are rising faster than rents, with 8.8% rise in total pay year on year in June. Now, at city level, Manchester, Reading, and Leeds have moved from negative to positive rental growth territory, whilst Wigan and Mansfield are leading the pack of accelerated rental growth, with double digits growing from 10.5 and 10% respectively. Next in the news today, renters are big losers from soaring house prices, according to a report from a mortgage boss. Celebrations amongst landlords and homeowners over the latest record house price figures mask growing disadvantages for renters, according to a mortgage service boss. Despite the traditional summer market slowdown being on the back of a continuing pandemic, UK house prices have now hit a new record high of a whopping £262,954 during August. Now that's according to new Halifax House Price Index data. Now Nigel Purves, who's the chief executive of Way Home, has said that these figures may be good news for both developers and for sellers but this constant upwards spiral of house prices is bad news for the millions of reluctant renters who are increasingly being priced out of the home ownership in their areas. Now, in addition, the UK's renters aren't helped by the hugely unfair mortgage lending rules. And despite many having a sizable deposit, significant numbers are still falling short of the strict lending criteria that's required to buy a home that works for them. As we head towards the end of 2021, we need to find innovative ways to help more people get onto the ladder. Next up today, Hopeless Finance Watchdog has slammed the government's Green Homes Grant. The government's Green Homes Grant voucher scheme 
which left thousands of landlords in the lurch when it collapsed earlier this year, has been slammed in a report by the National Audit Office. Now, the NAO says that the scheme was delivered to an over-ambitious timetable and was not executed to an acceptable standard, significantly limiting its impact on job creation and carbon reduction. The government announced in March that the 1.5 billion Green Homes Grant Programme, which was for landlords and owner-occupiers, would end with almost no notice. As its launch in September 2020, it offered landlords and other homeowners up to £5,000 worth of funding or £10,000 for low-income households for the installation of energy-efficient improvements. The government originally expected the scheme to support up to 82,500 jobs over six months and enable up to 600,000 households to save up to £600 on their energy bills. The scheme didn't deliver and it didn't deliver the expected number of efficiency home installations nor support the expected number of jobs. In total, the government estimates that it will spend 314 million of the 1.5 million funding that's available and of which 50.5 million, the equivalent of more than 1,000 pounds per home upgraded is on administration and it forecasts that the scheme will eventually support efficiency measures in 47,500 homes and create up to 5,600 new jobs. And it's back in the news again, pets in lets. Now the government have said no to separate fees for pets in rental properties. The government is not budging on the Tenant Fees Act and it will not amend it to allow separate and additional charging for pet insurance or to cover for pet damage. Conservative Andrew Rossindale MP, a long-time advocate of allowing pets into private rental properties, tabled a written request to Robert Jenrick, the Secretary of State at the Ministry of Housing, Communities and Local Government on the matter. Rossindale asked Jenrick what assessment his department had made of the potential merits of adding pet deposits to the list of permitted payments in the Tenant Fees Act 2019 for pet ownership in rented accommodation. And today the Housing Minister Eddie Hughes ruled out the move, replying the Tenant Fees Act 2019 introduced a cap of five weeks rent for properties with an annual rent below £50,000 and banned most letting fees charged to tenants. The five-week cap should be considered the maximum rather than the default amount charged. This approach should therefore accommodate private renters who wish to keep pets without the need for a separate pet deposit. The government has no plans at this time to amend the Tenant Fees Act 2019. Various pressure groups have been lobbying to change the Act and last week 30 MPs wrote to Jenrick urging the same. And in a foreword to a report by pro-pet group Advocat, Rossindale wrote earlier this year the Tenant Fees Act 2019 had positive aims but it has clearly been harmful to the cause of greater pet ownership for renters, an issue which has come to a head given the loneliness 
and self-isolation many have suffered during the pandemic and something which a dog or a cat could really help. Now, amending it to allow for landlords to require insurance as part of the permitted payments might only be a start, but it would be a positive start. And I hope that governments explore this as an option. Next up in the news today, Lloyds Bank are using local agents to find tenants for their new rental units. It's been revealed that Lloyds Bank is using a local agency to find tenants for its first entry into the private rental sector. It is thought that ultimately Lloyds will purchase as many as 50,000 units around the UK in the coming years to establish itself within the rental sector. The units to be managed by its own subsidiary called Citra Living, which was set up earlier this year, according to filings at Companies House. However, Citra may be instructed to um, tell local agents and local operators as sub-agents on its behalf. And this is what's happening for its very first scheme. 45 new one and two bedroom apartments in Fletton Keys in Peterborough and it's appointed the local Belvoir branch working with JLL. Now Lottie Hosted from Belvoir, Peterborough, who's the branch manager, says I am delighted that Belvoir have been instructed to work on behalf of JLL on the fantastic Neen Wharf development in Peterborough and to be offering those units out for rent. The development is a much needed addition to Peterborough and it offers not only high specification accommodation on the river, but also retail and leisure facilities, which will benefit all ages across the city. The homes from part of a new £120 million regeneration scheme close to the town centre. Citra Living says it will initially start small with a focus on buying and renting good quality newly built properties, flats and keys being the first. The aim will be to acquire around 400 properties by the end of the year and to double this target by next year. And finally today, property tax threat. It's returned as the government has set its budget date. Lost in the noise of yesterday's social care announcements, Chancellor Rishi Sunak has named October the 7th as his next budget day. And the time that announcements about future property related tax changes are most likely to be made. Now on the same day, there will be a three year spending review and that's um, already started. And Sunak yesterday asked all government departments to identify at least 5% savings and efficiencies from their day-to-day -day budgets for unspecified reinvestment elsewhere. In addition, it was announced yesterday that there would be a 1.25% rise in national insurance from April 2022 and a tax on share dividends, which will also go up by 1.25%. These would become a separate uh, tax on earned income from 2023 and all of these would be used to generate revenue for the government's social care reforms. At the last budget in the spring and at a so-called tax day of announcements shortly afterwards, it was anticipated that there may be changes to property taxation and those changes didn't materialise. It is thought because the government 
waned to wait until the worst of the pandemic ended, but analysis suggested that changes may occur this time round. The two changes considered most likely earlier this year were enacting the recommendation of the Office for Budget Responsibility on capital gains tax and aligning capital gains tax rates more closely to income tax or restricting the range and value of exemptions. That's your property news update. Now folks, tonight I have got a webinar and that's how you can make £2,000 and more every month from property from a standing start. So that is going to be tonight, which is Wednesday the 8th of September 2021, in case you were wondering. Now, in order to join me on tonight's webinar, then all you need to do is head over to the description in the podcast and click on the link and register. It's completely free and it's going to start at eight o'clock. So I look forward to seeing you then. And until next time, take care, have some fun. Don't forget to leave a review on the podcast if you enjoy it. Take care, folks.